And welcome to part two of our look at Get Back. And uh, I think it's safe to say that uh, we will have even more to uh, discuss tonight. And uh, wow, I mean, it, it just, uh, I said on my Facebook page today that uh, this has been kind of an emotional roller coaster <laughs> of an experience. Uh, and, uh, and I think this is uh, definitely you know, going to be uh, one of the discussion points today. Thank you so much for joining us here. Uh, and uh, we have uh, a change of, of plans in our uh, guest tonight. Uh, Kim Womack, unfortunately, was not able to join us. We are hoping, though, to have a uh, mystery guest come on with us uh, at some point tonight. So, uh, so we will uh, see if uh, he will join us later tonight. But uh, before we get to our discussion, and, uh, and of course, as always, we want to hear from you. Um, let me introduce myself and my very good friends. Uh, my name is Kid O'Toole. I'm the author of Songs We Are Singing, Guided Tours to the Beatles' Lesser Known Tracks, Michael Jackson FAQ, All That's Left to Know About the King of Pop, and Fandom and the Beatles, the act you've known for all these years. I'm the co-editor. Thank you, Joe. And... <laughs> and uh, let's see, I'll start with the gentleman who is the co-host of the very popular podcast and video cast, uh, Two Legs, which is a uh, Paul McCartney-centric uh, show, and they have been doing, I mean, they, just to show their dedication, every, every, like the minute that each episode of Get Back drops, I mean, like at, you know, like depending on where you are 1 a.m for me yep. yeah 1 a.m 3 a.m wherever you are as soon as they've watched the show they they went on the air at you know five in the morning or wherever you know depending yeah. on where you are and did the, the analyses immediately that's dedication folks say <laughs> hello to tom Hanyati. hi tom hi kids ken it's good to see you back here and, and joe is always good to good to see you too all right. And he is the uh, the host, the MC of uh, <laughs> however you want to call it, of the channel uh, Mean Mr. Mayo. He has uh, the show Fab Gap, which uh, you may have seen just a few hours ago, uh, <laughs> where uh, I, I and a number of people uh, were on talking about Get Back. Um, he also does uh, shows about collecting vinyl 
with a healthy dose of comedy thrown in there. Uh, great, great stuff. Joe Mayo. Hello, Joe. Long time no see. Finally, kids. <laughs> How you doing? Thank you, kid. And last but certainly not least, um, a, 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 a fixture in the Beatles community. And he had kind of a big week. Um, he, uh, <laughs> oh, are you kidding? Big? Oh. Are you... <laughs> Probably the biggest thing he ever got into. Uh, good Lord. Um, first, uh, he is the host of the longtime syndicated show, Every Little Thing. He is the co-host of the podcast, Things, um, Things We Said Today. He uh, also has his YouTube channel, um, Ken Michaels Radio, where he interviews authors, musicians, you name it lots of different people in the Beatles community. Oh, and he uh, happened to uh, have a four-hour interview with Peter Jackson. You know, yeah. Yeah. No big deal. <laughs> no big deal. Yeah. Everyday stuff. <laughs> Who hasn't, hey, right? Phenomenal. Hey, phenomenal. Hey, it's just another day. Oh. <laughs> just another day in the world of Ken Michaels. That's no, right. I, I actually still can't get over that happened. Mm. I yeah. mean, he, he couldn't have been nicer. And I will tell you folks that when, when I got an email from him, he said to me that we could go as long as you want, as long as it doesn't cut into Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I have a feeling he probably would have gone longer if we had more questions for him. But I, I, I think we all thought we really used up his time there. And uh, but he couldn't have been more gracious. And I know that, as he said to us, he's got to do certain interviews like with the big names out there. Uh, right. All the big broadcasters. He's got to go on. He was on 60 Minutes. He was with Anderson Cooper, uh, Stephen Colbert, all these big names. But he wanted to do an interview on a Beatles podcast with people who know the Beatles and really just talk about them as a fan, not just as someone yeah. who is the director of Get Back. But it was it was amazing. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to keep going back to that interview to remind myself of everything that I learned in it. Right. And we've gotten so many great comments on YouTube from it. And I want to thank everyone for, for their kind words about that interview. And, um, and for anyone that's watched it, I mean, it's four hours. It's very yeah. demanding of your time. And so I thank you for that. And, uh, you know, he, he was just, it was, it was a blast hanging out with him. And um, I hope we have him on again. Yeah, follow-up interview, baby. Yeah. He wants to come yeah. back. Right? He'd like to come back. He said he'd like to. Yeah. Like, if we'll let him. <laughs> yeah. If you'll let him. Oh, I mean, that was so great because, I mean, you know, also, Ken, I mean, I, mean, I watched, it, it went by in a breeze for me. I really enjoyed it. And I love how yeah. he showed, he, he brought his own, I don't know if it's a tablet or a laptop. He was showing yep. how, how he actually did this. You know, uh -huh. I mean, I've seen a lot of other interviews with him, but nothing like that. That was really like four hours practically, you know. I learned so much and he corrected me on a few things and that was fine as long as we got our facts straight, mm, you know. Yeah. Um, so and we could talk about that more uh, in the show sure. tonight. Well, and you could just tell how much he appreciated talking, you know, to to, you know, real fans, Beatle people, Beatle people, because, <laughs> right. you know, I mean, the other interviews he did, like on 60 Minutes and so forth, um, you know, he he had to, um, you know, really, I, I hate to say dumb it down, but I mean, you know, he had to mm. explain a lot more and, and right. so forth. But, you know, he he had to, you know, really simplify it and all. But 
not with you guys mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> with you guys and our mystery guest has arrived <laughs> there he is where 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 is he, where is he? <laughs> Where? Where? <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. Well, yes, I we we teased uh, that we uh, had a mystery guest joining us, and we are so thrilled he's here um, to have a musician uh, give uh, give his viewpoint. And we've wanted to have him on for some time, and uh, so glad uh, he's here. Uh, John uh, Montagna. He uh, to say he has credentials. Uh, to talk about this is uh, putting it mildly. Uh, he was bassist for Alan uh, Alan Parsons for uh, seven years. Is that uh, that's, am that's I right? Correct. That's Absolutely correct. Uh, and, and if you and if you blink, you missed them in part three of the documentary. That's the beauty of the pause button. <laughs> yes, that's, exactly. that's right. Exactly. Uh, he's in the backing band for uh, the Happy Together tours. Co-founder of the Beatles 101 Online. Uh, of course, he's worked with Todd Rundgren, Joey Mullen, Denny Wayne. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. And um god willing if the fest for beatles fans happens next year <laughs> he is going to be back uh with his base clinic uh which is really uh, uh something special to see I've, i I've, believe that is where we met you and i yes Kit, it is in 2019 you are correct sir that is where the, we met the book, um the book area was just like to the end of that long hallway I thought, you know, initially I thought they've got me on at at noon on Saturday. No one's going to see this thing. What I didn't realize was that the Apple Jam stage is actually right next to the elevator. Yes. So it's literally, it's like the first thing you see. And there were all these people at like 1150, all like squeezed in like by the elevator. And it was like, okay, you can come in. And it was like, like all at once, every seat filled. I was like, oh. Okay, cool. cool. <laughs> no, it was a good time. And they, they, so I'm, I'm scheduled to, to be there again on the, I don't know the date, but whatever the, the, the Saturday is. Mm-hmm. I think that's Probably April 2nd. 2nd? 2nd? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. So, so yes, if uh, all goes well, hopefully we are all going to be there and yeah. uh, really looking forward to it. It's been, been too long. So, uh, so thank you so much, John, for joining us. Well, this is going to be. Thank you for having be... me. I've been, oh, been sure. doing this a long time. I've been observing yes. from, a, from a distance. I was like, man, I'd like oh. to get a piece of this action. <laughs> <laughs> well, and well, rather than shouting at the screen where you can't hear me, no, that's not it at all. <laughs> now I can actually. <laughs> yeah. That's, <laughs> or, that would be or, great. Yes, that's exactly right. I feel the same way. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm so I'm so glad you could join us, and and uh, yeah, sure. we are going to uh, be talking uh, tonight, as uh, it's, uh, we mentioned about uh, part three of Get Back, and uh, and then talk about mm. how this documentary it fits in with you know how it changes Beatles history, or maybe it doesn't. Mm. Um, you know, we'll we'll see what you guys think. Also, how it changes how we now are going to see this particular period. Um, you know, the the let it 
the what it be period uh, because I think uh, I think it's safe to say that uh, now after seeing this this is you know puts a bit of a different spin it was a game, on, on it was a game changer yep yeah, absolutely. absolutely so I'm glad I'm, to hear I'm, all of you say that because that's absolutely. exactly how I felt about it yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. so I'm I'm very curious to hear what you guys think but first let's get to episode three which is uh you know definitely i i would say it was uh you know emotional and uh you know and and uh of course the rooftop concert being the the big uh moment so uh so let's start out uh with talking about uh you know just in general what were because we'll talk about the rooftop concert separately what were some of your favorite moments leading up to the rooftop concert so uh tom why don't we start with you what what were some of your favorite uh moments well you know i, I was gonna say you know i was pro- probably start off with the octopus's garden bit but we've seen that part before so i, I want to move right to, to to the heather heather bit because you know here they are they're they're you know <laughs> their backs are pretty much against the wall and they're taking the time out to you know to interact and 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 you know and and let, allow this you know young person in the room with them um when the, they should be you know taking this a little bit more seriously than than what they were and you know and then the best bit for me was just you know, or the funniest i should say is listening to her imitate yoko you know i just thought that was <laughs> thought that was priceless and you can see the smile on john's face too right. you know as, as as that was going on so that was that was really cool uh, i really loved listening to uh george start old brown shoe uh, and you can see uh, billy preston getting into it you can see paul really getting into it uh as well um i love the bit that we got on the on the let it be box where you heard um, they're doing uh, oh darling and then you hear john talking about yoko's divorce going through you know i thought yeah. that was that was that was pretty cool and uh paul singing strawberry fields forever you know yeah couldn't get enough of that um so yeah i mean it's bits like this i mean i can go on and on we could talk about you know alan klein um you know as soon as paul leaves the the room you know john mentions alan klein's name um and then they talk about the meeting that he had you know glenn johns you know talking about alan klein as well was 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 pretty telling um you know so it's not like people weren't warning them about uh, alan klein you know so now we actually have audio somebody warning Mm. um them about alan klein so so you know that's really a lot of what I was really looking forward to it with this was the chatter and it didn't disappoint at all. And then there was the one, one last thing was the, the very long conversation between John and Paul um, that they showed only part of, I think in the let it be uh, film, yeah. but, but we got, you know, an actual, what it was like five, six, seven, eight minutes of just them going back and forth about, you know, how to finish, um, you know, whether or not to do, to do this concert or not. And it was really you know another another meeting between the two that should be examined for years to come as well absolutely Mm. yeah there are so many moments in this documentary i think we're going to be talking about for many years absolutely joe how about you a couple of uh moments that really stood out for you yeah well you know i concur with the ones that tom mentioned you know i always loved the bit with octopus's garden Mm. uh george helping ringo out but the thing is i mean let it be i I got it pretty much in my memory pretty sharp you know there's some bits that weren't in this Mm because you know peter jackson was trying not to 
take a lot of let it be stuff you know uh, duplicate a lot of let it be stuff and it's, there's some new stuff here and there's some stuff in let it be that i'll have to go back to right for the octopus's garden bit so a little bit of this little bit of that um i would say the the old brown shoe bit i love that because especially paul being eager to help out and ditto i'll say for seemed like john when uh, george was trying to get something down and they would go through something and uh, it seemed like John was pretty supportive there for him. Those cauliflower, are... baby, cauliflower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a cu- couple Pomegranate. of my favorite favorite yeah. bits. Um, I have a whole bunch of things, you know, but I don't want to take all of them. You know, I, I, I like how we're so used to the, the actual records, of course. And then when you have that moment where you see this, this is the one that was used as the B-side, like Don't Let Me Down, right. was the right. one on the B-side. This take. And you recognize it right away if you're so used to them, of course. Mm-hmm. But to think, oh, so something odd in a good way, I guess, about having an, an image now when I right. hear Visual. the song. It's like, yeah. yeah, it's like, that's oh, that's the shirt that John's wearing when he sang that, you know. <laughs> that's the mm-hmm. way George's hair was. You usually have, you don't know. You, we, the old days, you mm-hmm. hear music. You could go anywhere with that song, but you know. That, but now you have like a visual image. So that, that's uh, some of the things that I liked out of it. I'm sure there are others. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh yeah, there are so many, so many moments. John, how about you? What uh, what were some highlights for you? You know, I concur with everybody's uh, everybody's things. You know, I it's it's interesting, Joe. You mentioned uh, Octopus's Garden and the bits that were in Let It Be that weren't in this film and initially I was anticipating some more familiar moments and when they didn't come up I was like huh and then I was mm. like all right you, you know what that's that's actually cool that he's not recycling footage that we've seen a million times although there was one moment that I was not that I, I that I, I I missed that I would have liked to have seen is during the rooftop gig uh, when they're doing dig a pony mm. And the assistant is holding the lyrics for Kevin, John to read. Kevin Harrington. Yeah. Kevin Harrington, thank you. Uh, the, in the original film, you can see George jokingly, like, kneel down, like, next to Kevin Harrington and, like, wave at John. And John, like, you know. And John answers him. So. He does, like, he does, like, a, like, a, you know, like an exaggerated, like, rock star pose with the guitar. Yeah. They, yeah. Didn't, they didn't show that in this one. But again, mm. I'm, uh, this is. I, I'm I'm not going to nitpick about like, st- you know, because as I'm as I'm sure is the case for all of you. Our sort of non Beatle expert friends and relations, civilians, as I like to call them, <laughs> have have been I've been inundated. I don't know about you all. I've been inundated for weeks. Hey, John, what's your take on this whole or what is this, you know, kind of thing? And for the, so one of these people comes to me, what'd you think? And, I, and if I say to them, they didn't show the part when George <laughs> Neal's next to Kevin Harrington, they're gonna go like, what? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna nitpick over stuff like that. Um, I do agree with you, Joe, about getting visual information of audio that we've heard. I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I was born in 1972, so I've been listening to these songs my entire life, literally. And I wanted to do a little show and tell. This is the copy of Let It Be I got for Christmas when I was like five or something mm. like that. I used, to, wow. I used to bring this with me to kindergarten to play it on a uh, little phone nice. right? 
So that's how long this these sounds have been like printed into my brain. So to see, like you say, like the shirt he was wearing or (laughs) that's what the room looked like, or that's how they were just like sitting in a circle around each other. You know, I really did hope I, I thought to myself and I had done the math a while back, like they were filming on those day, you know, like when you see in the recording books or whatever, the master take was done on this day of get back or don't let me down. Like, well, they were filming on those days. So there's gotta be film of the master take of get back. Right. right? And so every once in a while I was watching with my wife and they would start up, get back for the bajillionth time. And you'd hear that engine like, that's the master take. (laughs) And then it would come on. This performance was used on the Let It Be album. (laughs) Which brings me to another point. I really feel like Peter Jackson was able to walk that tightrope between pleasing us, people like us, and civilians, right? I thought the 10 minute thing at the beginning of part one that sums up like basically their entire career from origin story up to that moment I thought that was brilliant because, again, people who've been coming to me going, so what's the deal with this Get Back thing? What is it? And I go like, okay, well, so they went to the After White album, they went, <laughs> blah, 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 and they go, so so Sergeant Pepper was after that? I'm like, no, Sergeant Pepper was two years before that. I'm like, <laughs> and they go, oh, okay, you know right. what? You know what song I love coming up? And I'm like, yeah, that was 11 years later. It's a solo track, like, you just and you just want to like you know, hit yourself in the head with a hammer. Yeah. And, I, and I just tell them like, watch, just watch the thing and you'll, it'll explain everything. So I thought that little intro bit for context for civilians was perfect. Um, but as far as part three, I thought the rooftop really captured, you know, again, we've all seen the rooftop footage a million times, but this was the first time it really captured the, just the, the, the chaos of that day. I remember that one of the Beatles books that I, re- what I was reading when I was a kid, uh, which by the way, more show and tell. For a book that was written in 1977, it's pretty sharp and insightful to this day, I, I think. I, but one of the books, the, the first time I saw the word chaotic, was in a description of the rooftop concert. And you really get a sense of, you know, he, but I don't know if it's, if it's the multi-camera like split screen thing or what, but you really get a sense of just the absolute frenzy going on. Like Paul walks through the door out to the roof and it's like, all cameras take one, you know? <laughs> and just all, everyone trying to capture all the stuff. And then the cops coming in. That was another thing I wanted to mention. I didn't realize just how aggressive the police were. Because <laughs> in the original movie, they're silent. You just, they, they kind of just come bumbling in and you hear, you, you kind of see them. But this time it's like, there will be arrests. You need to stop or we will start arresting people. And, and I'm, I'm not, not threatening, threatening you. I'm not threatening <laughs> you. I'm, I'm, tell, I'm telling you how it is. I'm like, whoa. And yep. then like that, the guy, the, the third cop who was like crossing the street. Yeah. I, always thought, I always thought that guy, I always thought that cop looked like the, the policeman in Yellow Submarine. Yeah, kind oh. of. You know kind what of. I mean? Yeah, would you believe me if I was being followed? No, no, I would not. 
you know, like that. <laughs> I always thought he looked like that guy. And he's yeah. like, you know, three of my colleagues are in here. And like, right, and, you know, I didn't realize just how like ready for action the police were. Mm-hmm. And this is like after John and Yoko had gotten busted. Right. Oh, right. So it wasn't like so mm. it wasn't like they weren't afraid of the cops. I don't know if you know the famous story that Donovan tells about being at a at a party in in London mm. in like '66, and McCartney shows up, and there's a joint being passed around, typical '60s party, and there's a boom, 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 knock on the door, and there's a policeman, and he says, "There is a green Aston Martin illegally parked in front of these premises, and it needs to be moved." Whose car does this belong to? And, and, and McCartney goes, oh, that's that's mine. And the cop goes, oh, I'm very sorry, sir. Would you like me to, would you like me to move it for you? And, right. So at, at one point they were like totally above the law. But like now, maybe not so much. Although I afterward, I was thinking to myself, you know what? For all that the Beatles did for the gross domestic product of England after the war, it's like the Beatles are paying your salary coppers like yeah. let, them, let them do their songs leave them alone right? yeah exactly but, exactly but to the, well to the to the point about it being a game changer some of the conversations that you hear them having particularly you know i think i think i forget i think joe you mentioned the the conversation between john and paul that we see a bit of in the in the let it be movie which i right. felt perpetrated the myth of Paul being the motivator and John being like stoned out the whole time. It's like a close up of John, like struggling to listen and the back of Paul's head going like, we've got to get back to the theaters. We got to do this. We got to do that. I didn't realize that there were like four other people involved in that conversation. Yeah. And that John was actually quite animated through most of it. Yes. And that, and that Mm. Paul was, was, up until the very last minute, Paul was not sure about whether they ought to be doing this or not. Yeah, that's a very that good really point. struck me, you know, which is interesting yep. because it flip flopped in yeah. a way. Now it's, he, well, it's John yeah. that was encouraging. To do he it. even well, said he, he didn't want to go on the roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. They, they weren't sure. You know, it's funny. We're watching. I think it was part two. I was watching with my wife. They're in Savile Row. George is back. Billy Preston's there. They're picking up steam. Michael Lindsay Hall goes, okay, so live show. What's happening? And Paul's like, well, I don't know. And my wife blurts out, oh, my God, this is going to be crazy. I can't make a decision. What the hell is going on? You bring up a good point, John, That, and I think this was something you know key in this, is that you know seeing – everything you know for for i mean seeing expressions seeing you know it really puts i mean put everything into context i mean seeing these things i mean we've heard some of these conversations uh you know through bootlegs and and all and and to see it happening and to know who was there you know when some of these conversations were taking place Mm. i mean that really made a difference I mean, it you know put a put a new spin on things. Absolutely, good, good, good points. Ken, yeah. how about you? What uh, you know? What uh, stood out for you? Um, so many things. If I had to isolate just a few examples, mm-hmm. I loved, love, love, love the the jam session of "I Want You, She's So Heavy," but using "I Have a Dream." Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. my God, are they cooking on all cylinders? And Paul is playing slide guitar. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, how cool that is was that? Cool. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I had the wrong impression from reading the Get Back book. There's a moment there where Paul is reading off all these song titles, and I'm thinking, this is what he's thinking they could do on the Apple rooftop, when in fact, it's really what George Martin was thinking could be their next album. Right. So they're reading off a list of all these song titles, and then they're doing Dig It, right. and John is, is saying all, the, all the, the titles, right, he's screaming right. out the titles, <laughs> which is so cool, you know? Uh, I loved all that stuff. And uh, the transformation of going from Twickenham to Apple and how different the band was, and just noticing how happy they were once they were at Apple and once Billy Preston kicked in. And um, seeing smiles on the faces of all of them, especially George Harrison. To see you know, the, the problems that were building with George in the first episode and to know that John and Paul were kind of ignoring him, you know, when he was making comments. And it was like he didn't even matter at all. And John and Paul were leading the way and most of the songs were theirs. And everything changed after John had that Paul, John had that conversation with Paul in the cafeteria. They were paying more attention to what George was saying. He was making comments and suggestions about songs and taking it seriously. And I loved seeing that change. And it's also, you know, it's good you, you brought that up, uh, John, this change in Paul. Because he was the one in the very beginning that had all these ideas and he was pushing the band. And he even said he's been very uncomfortable for the last 18 months since Brian Epstein died to be the guy that's always the one that has to keep pushing them and create new projects all the time. He didn't want to have that role. And so it looked like he was more relieved when John was starting to, to take over. And he really was. I think John really was the leader, you know, once they, once they moved over to Apple, you know, and Peter Jackson was saying the same thing to us when we had the interview. It's you'd think that that John was spaced out throughout the whole thing and he didn't really care all that much. He's the one that really he made Paul realize you got to pay attention to George, give him some respect. And John was showing him respect. And then, like you were all saying, that jam on Old Brown Shoe and Paul's really into it, bopping his head, playing the drums to it. You know that I really love that. You know, showing some respect for George because I could see uh, the the tension mounting in the first episode with George and realizing he's like, you know, in the background here. There's this one moment in the first episode where they're doing she came in through the bathroom window and John and Paul are standing up and they're real close to each other and they're really into their playing and they're really into the song. And George is on the sidelines there. And I'm thinking if I was George, I feel like I'm not with them. You know, did you have the sensation, Ken, in that part, not to cut you off, but even though you know that George is going to leave. Hmm. And you you can and you can tell like near the end of the first episode, Peter Jackson, by the way, score, man, uh, well done, my friend, getting him mm. to sit down with you. That's <laughs> thank I'm, you. I'm so I can't <laughs> wait to listen to that. Um, I feel like he deliberately was setting up a thing, really cutting back and forth between John and Paul together and smiling, and then cutting back to George, like, 
like this. Mm, yeah, like, yeah. That was he's set up setting like that. The, he is setting this up, yeah. you know, like from a narrative thing. And even though you know, like, oh, look, ah, I see what he's doing. Oh, because any minute. And, and when he finally says, not to spoil it for anyone who's watching that hasn't seen it yet, <laughs> yeah. but George, George leaves the band for a minute. Um, <laughs> it still feels like, ah, it's, it just feels like, like the earth falls out from underneath you when he leaves. Right. It's like, you yep. know, even though you know it's coming. Did you have that feeling as well? I did. Yeah. Well, I knew that the first episode was going to end with George quitting. So, mm -hmm. th yes, that was perfect lead in right into that. Yeah. I wasn't aware that after George left that they met at Ringo's house to try to get him back. I didn't well, th have, I didn't really know about that. I didn't know that but, they met twice. Yeah. In the anthology, he says, George says, there was a meeting at Ringo's house where it was, it was decided that we would just finish the record. I didn't know that they actually met first, like, like once, and it didn't go well, and that there was this period where they, like, they showed up again at Twickenham yeah. without him and spent a day going, like, what the hell are we even doing here? And that was, like, this interminable sequence of like well we're sitting here being filmed we have to do something and they they clown around for a minute and then it's like well you know are we the are, what's what's happening and then then the second meeting where they you know i think to your point about like the conversation about like we gotta we gotta pay george more attention mm. the thing that i always remind civilians about <laughs> is that these guys got together when they were like, John was 17, Paul was 15, George was 14. That's a huge gap in age at that age. And I, I feel like the, that dynamic never changed, right? So, to, so, even, so, there, so there it is, what, what, like 12 years later, and, he's, and George is not, he's no longer like a junior partner. He's hanging out with Dylan and the band He's mm. hanging out with Clapton. He's hanging out with these like muso types and wants to be that kind of a musician. But he's saddled with being Beatle George and taking a backseat to this this Lennon and McCartney machine. Mm. Right. And I, I, I'm really glad that they addressed that, not just with the, the hidden mic cafeteria uh, conversation, but Neil Aspinall sitting in there like, well, you know, he, where he says, like, you sit there for two weeks and watch uh, John and Paul go off on it, you know, for whatever. Mm. I'm really glad that they focused on that, that that he that he shined a light on that dynamic. And I also think that the Beatles were pioneers in terms of that sort of interpersonal relationship among men, not just musicians, but I mean, mm. at, at at that time from men to be talking about like a group of men to be addressing their feelings about each other. You know, I think that was, that was a big deal for them to go there as well. That's actually a very good point because yeah, the, in this, in this documentary, it is amazing how, how, you know, frank and honest they are and, and, and really sharing, you know, about like, you know, how they communicate with each other and the breakdown in the communication. That that is an interesting point. And and also one of you you also reminded me of one of my favorite uh moments or a highlight for me, uh, was when George was talking to John about thinking about 
going out on his own and recording a solo album, you yeah. know, and mm-hmm. and saying and when he said at one point, you know, I thought about, you know, he's like, I've written all these songs and I thought about giving them to other people. But yeah. he just but and I'm paraphrasing here, but he said something about, you know, but I think it's my time, you right. know, it's right. And John is very encouraging about it. Yeah. Um, and, and Yoko, uh, John and Yoko, and Yoko together. Yoko. I mean, to, to stand up yeah, to geez. to to the the entity of John and Yoko, and say I th- I'm thinking of doing a solo album. They're like, yeah, go for it, man. Yep. I've heard mm-hmm. I've heard that snippet on bootlegs before. The, yep. I remember but, the first time hearing that, I was like, yeah. oh, it was mind blowing. It is, know? but to so see to it. actually to actually see it take place, and the ca- you could see the cameraman like, oh shit, George is talking <laughs> about doing a solo record, you know. <laughs> I could feel, I don't know about you guys, I could feel the tension in the room of like the cameraman trying to capture everything that was happening. Every once in a while, you'd see a close up or some, somebody trying to move into position. Oh my God, something's happening. Catch it. Yep. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of, of tension, uh, before we get to the rooftop, because we, of course, want to spend time on that, uh, Tom, you brought up Alan Klein. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about that. Um, so speaking that of there tension. was yeah. Yeah, oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, good segue. Yeah, yeah, I had to had to do it. Um, so Tom, you brought up Alan Klein. There were a couple of very interesting scenes uh, mm. about. We never actually see him, right? But of course, uh, he is mentioned a couple of times in some very interesting scenes, including um, with uh, John. John, we first learned John and Yoko are going to have dinner with him, right. um, and then John talks to Paul. Goes off to a mysterious meeting, which we never find out what that meeting is, and John starts talking to uh Ringo and George and really is singing his praises praises right. um, and I mean know, he's really wooed what do you, him. Think? you know he really wooed mm-hmm. him. I mean he, he's yeah. you know, talking about how fantastic he is he's talked saying that he knows more about them than than they do <laughs> you know um so it, it was yeah it was definitely really interesting I mean we've heard we've heard John talk hi- highly about um Alan Klein um several times before but I don't think this early in their in their meetings I mean we've heard later interviews with John about that but this was this was really fascinating and then he had to hear that other conversation later with Glenn uh too that was yeah. that was actually you know even more telling but uh I well, mean John's Klein, using words like fantastic fascinating yeah he, he's an incredible guy yeah and I'm like whoa man he's he's really he's really got you bamboozled yeah. <laughs> well this was what Alan was striving for to get right. that job as manager but he did his homework and it impressed John that he knew what were John songs and what were Paul songs. Mm-hmm. A lot of people in this world still to this day don't know, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah. And it's interesting. You brought up, um, Lynn Johns there, Tom, because warning him, warning John about Alan Klein and how every time, uh, you start to say a sentence, he interrupts it. If it's something that he doesn't, he doesn't like, like and right. He, and he, exactly. He found right. that to be really strange. So, right. You know, there were people who warned John about Alan Klein and he didn't listen. Right. But then what's interesting is Ringo. Then Ringo says uh, he's a con man who's on our side. Yes. Right. Yeah. He's a con man, but a con man. So he recognizes that he's a con man, but, you know, you still, you know, con man's not always, you know, they can be on your side for so long, but then they're going to, you're going to, you know, when you realize that you're the Beatles, then you're the one that's getting con. Exactly. John, Mm. you were going to say something? Well, yeah, I think the, the Glenn Johns warning about the way he cuts people off when they're talking, that's sort of like, 
that's not as much of a big deal. I feel like I've read that Mick Jagger gave John some harsher warnings about like just like I the there were two quotes I read. One was like, "Yeah, he's all right if if you if like that sort that kind of, thing. of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever that means." Or there was something like, "Yeah, keep keep, keep an eye on him." There's a very great thank you, Tom. Thank you for saving me having to talk about that book. He's always got a book ready. It's always, always. Yeah, yeah. I, that's that's it's an excellent. It's a great it really, read. It's a great read, and it explains how he operated. No, he he would get he'd come in, and he would get these musicians the royalties, these back royalties that they've been you know dying to get, you know, earn their trust that way, and then the next thing you know, like in Sam Cooke's case, you end up being his employee rather than owning your own, uh, you know, your own record label. Right. Yep. He sets you up. He, he says yeah. you're going to have your own company. You yeah. don't need yeah. them. You're going to have your own company. Yeah. And you go, wow, I've got my own company. What right. he doesn't tell you no, is that he right. actually he's. <laughs> Klein actually it. runs the company, company right. and there's two sets of books, yeah. right? If you read that book, it talks about how he came up working uh, in the newspaper yeah. industry in New York, and he saw how the, the, the printing companies used to screw the distributors and the distributors used to screw the newsstands, you know, how everyone would cook up two different sets of books everywhere, right? And so... I mean, to this day, Abco owns everything that the Stones did before Sticky Fingers. Sticky Fingers, yeah. right? And when I, for me personally, I don't know if you guys have ever heard the McCartney lawyer tape. I've heard that. Mm. I don't think okay. so. If you go on, if you go on YouTube, it's in like three parts. It's called the McCartney lawyer tape, and it's it's audio of a business meeting between Paul, Linda. Lee and John Eastman in the the mid 80s and it was when the whole um, EMI negotiations were still going on right and this was I think this was the I'm not sure of the exact sequence of events but like when Paul didn't come to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction there was like that was the thing that was still I think they were renegotiating their contract with EMI in like the 80s and I think Paul was going to get like an extra point. Uh, that was that was mm. a little different because he that's how the um, capital brought him back. Um, <coughs> was they offered him a, okay. an extra an extra point, and then they found out about that. And I think okay. that's when that's how the lawsuit came to be. Okay, so there was a thing where there was a lawsuit against EMI. The Beatles had a lawsuit against EMI for back royalties. EMI wanted to settle with with apple the aka the beatles emi was going to settle and the, basically the 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 the, vi- the the main theme of this meeting was that george and ringo wanted to take the case to court right and john eastman is explaining to his father about how they want to settle let's just take the cash and go right and he's talking about how george and ringo don't understand that the the legal fees if we take them to court even if they win the legal fees are going to exceed any money that we get and i don't understand how come they don't understand this and Mm. paul's like i'll tell you why they don't understand it because he says because i'm one of them Mm. 
Mm. And he says, he says, and he goes on basically to explain how they have their mindset has not changed from when we were the top of the heap in show business. They we, they still wow. believe that they've got that that we're that we're still at the top. And and to, to, to give you a sense of when this took place, he says, you know that the you know that they that they've got all the power in the entertainment world, like the Jacksons have got now. Wow. Right? So you mm. can tell this is like 87, 88, right. something yeah, like that. Right. And it just, it get, it's a hearing, hearing the sound, you know, because Paul's voice in interviews is like, oh, yeah, thumbs up. Yeah. Hey, hey, woohoo, Beatles. Hearing, Paul, <laughs> hearing Paul's voice in a business meeting, it's like a whole other, there's like a, it's like a different vibe. And wow. he, so I, I, I gained a different sense of Paul's like business sense how he was much more sort of shrewd in 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 a, in in a way and whereas you know john like you say was you know was i, I think john was well i think well i think i think we all kind of understand that john was you know he needed the father figure he needed someone mm. right. telling him what to do he needed a boss right and someone to look up to and klein comes in yeah. And Tom, you've read the book, so you know how he operated. He, you know, he was like, he worked his way up the food chain, got to the stones. Yeah. And as soon as, as soon as Epstein is out of, as, soon as Epstein dies, Klein is like, oh, I got to make my move. And he like circled around, found an opening and, and went in. And he knew if I can get John, I'm in. Yeah. Right. And so, um, what was my point about all that? Yeah. So watching him. <laughs> Watching him explain to George and to, to George, yeah, he knows everything about us, and I'm sitting there going, no. Yeah, oh, how, how, yeah. Dude. How many people watching just wanted to? Right. <laughs> scream but at then the you're TV, also don't saying, do it. No, 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 no. Because also, you know, I don't know if you, I don't I don't know if you're aware of this, but I'm right now. I'm in graduate school right now. I'm getting I'm getting my master's degree in mental health counseling. Mm -hmm. Oh wow. And so I watched this movie as three from three different viewpoints the, wow. the five year the five-year-old fan who's still the fan the professional musician that's been in bands and seen rehearsals fall apart and what are we doing this for and all that kind of stuff but also as an aspiring therapist and watching the watching people's emotional reactions to things and watching the the, the sort of subtexts underneath some of these conversations and watching John go, yeah, he knows about all of us. He understands, he knows me better than you do. And I'm like, no, no, no. How is that even possible, John? Listen to yourself. No, and that's why, a... are you, why are you bringing this up while Paul's out of the room? Why, are you, yeah. why do, you, yeah. so, 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 do, do you know that Paul's not gonna go for this? Good point. Yeah, Do you know mm -hmm. that, that that Paul will never buy, and and right from the start, Paul was like, I don't trust this guy. Yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah, you could have a field day doing a psychological analysis in this whole series. I've, I thought about it, and I thought this is too much work. I'll let. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> way, way too much. I got work. Too, I got I got finals to study for. I don't have time for this. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, uh, before we uh, so uh, we're uh, just about to get to the uh, to the big uh, big concert, but let's again visit Billy Preston. Mm. Uh, we have to we have to talk.
talk about him. He's, of course, still a big presence in this episode. Um, you know, just uh, what an incredible musician. And, uh, John, I have to ask, have you ever seen that uh, old hand organ that he played? Have you ever seen anything like that the before? St- the stylophone? Oh, is that what it's called? Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 It's Well, it was on... Um, the ground control major tom oh what the hell Why oh, space, space oddity? oddity yeah yeah i think it, it had just come out and like it was one of those little things that like that people were sort of experimenting with i'm surprised that like if one of those made it into the studio and into the hands of the beatles that it didn't wind up on a track somewhere yeah never did mm-hmm. yeah, you know never, never but did. yeah it was, it was well uh, billy it, seemed like he had a good grip on it he sure did yeah mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he was he was playing it immediately. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, he just continued to uh, lift up the group. And uh, another thing I wanted to mention, uh, you know, what do you guys think of the scene where they, you know, of course, are, I mean, it's like the day before the, the concert and they're trying to decide on, you know, what they're going to play. And they're like, well, what have we got? You know, yeah. what what's ready? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> you know, I mean, and then they're going through, all right, what, what should we play? And, and some of the songs they thought about were actually, I think, um, I'm trying to remember if it was, if Mean Mr. Mustard was one of the ones they were thinking about, or there was, there were a couple that, I mean, there were the ones, of course, that they ended up playing, you know, Get Back. back but there window. were a couple of weird ones <laughs> well, that they thought about. There's the moment where John says, we got five or six songs. Mm-hmm. And when he's having that talk with Paul towards the end of episode three, um, John is very satisfied to do a sh- to do a concert with just five or six songs. Yeah. That's yeah. as far as they've gotten yes. to this point. And Paul wants to have a whole album's worth of material. So, you know, even towards the end of the month, they weren't agreeing mm-hmm. <laughs> on, yep. on what to do. Right. So, I think yep. that was something that plagued this project from the beginning. Are we doing a TV special? Are we hmm. making an album? Right. Is it a TV special about the making of an album? Is it a film? Is it a concert? Is it a TV special of a concert where we're playing the new album? Like, what is it? And I think that's the first time that they were ever in that position trying to define what this thing is. Um, as I'm sure you've all read in the booklet that comes with the super deluxe thing, there is no definitive let it be thing because that month is so nebulous right up until the very end. Well, we've got these songs, but there's only five of them. And yep. how are we going to play live? I mean, they actually, I was so happy to see them actually talk about like logistics, like these demigods that we all of us have, have been looking at our whole lives to watch John Lennon go, well, like, no, wait a second. But if we go to the acoustic numbers, we're going to have to stand there while George switches guitars and puts on the acoustic. Which right? is funny because the, it's, it's just so natural these days. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Stuff that you, exactly. Right. I mean, if, have, you, have you guys ever seen the Fab Faux? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Once. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Once so I did, they, yeah. There's a, there's a guy, they've got a guy who's just, right. you know, handing off yep. guitars. Yeah. You know, like, that's why I hate, I, I, I love to say how, how I hate playing If I Needed Someone live because i don't know if you've ever waited for a guy to tune a 12 string with a capo on it (laughs) 
it's no. like longer. It takes longer. To, if I needed someone, it's like a minute and 58 seconds long. It takes like five minutes to tune a 12 string with the capo on it. It's like mm. longer to set up for that. So they weren't, you know, it's like, well, we've got enough. We've got like five songs. That's not enough really for an album. And at one point, I think they, doesn't John say that at one point? So like we, so we put out seven songs. Yep. Who? So what? You know? Mm. And Paul's like, I don't know, it, it, you know, the watching them battle with like, and, I, and it, it occurred to me yep. today, like, well, the, the White Album was in the shops for two months at this point. They've just put out a double album. Now they're going to come out with like seven songs that are sort of like, kind of like not totally 100% tight. You know, I mean, it was they were competing against the 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 hardest thing to compete against, which was themselves right you know? so i i i i that i i'm really glad that it showed that tension too yeah that this what is this is this a, is it a film is it a concert is are we making a new album like what's going on we have these songs but there's like there's like we're not they're kind of not ready yet and then we have these other songs that are like ballads with acoustic guitar and piano yeah. but mm. but they have a kind of an idea to begin with so if they don't have an idea why are you bringing Michael Lindsay Hogg in to record mm -hmm. this? You know what I mean? They, 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 they had this idea that it's going to be a show and that they're going to rehearse. I mean, that's what we've, that's what we've read all these years, right? That it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a live show. Rehearsing new material to, for a live show. And, and that's what, you know, the first two episodes is you, all you see is Michael Lindsay Hogg asking about the show. Yeah. <laughs> you know? mm. Yeah. He, he becomes a big character right. in this. And I, I love yeah. at one point yeah. when he just says, I don't know what story I'm telling anymore. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it's kind of sad after George leaves, his main focus is where are we going to do the show? Right. You wow. know, not caring about George leaving. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. Do you think we just assume that he'll come back or they're going to be? Well, I mean, you get you get John saying, well, if he's not back by Tuesday, we get Clapton. I, and I, then I think that was, yeah, I'm sorry. You know, if you watch yeah. the expression on John's face after he says that, He's worried. He really is worried. Well, there's you know? that full day in Twickenham where they're sitting around. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Going like, and what the hell? And I think this is also testament to why this band is in a class by themselves and why we are, why the five of us aren't doing a, a podcast about, you know, the Hollies or something mm. is because if it ain't those four guys, it ain't happening. Period. It's these four. Yeah. One of us is out. If George, you know, George walks, what are they? They're not gonna. They're not gonna replace right. him with some other person, right? And so, I, I think it was a, a a very crucial breaking point for the band. What are we, right? Because if you think about it, all the smiles and the joy of the rehearsing is when they're reminiscing about the old days and Lester de Montfort Hall and the dance halls, all these flashbacks. By the way, I loved how Peter Jackson would use, they jamming on rock and roll music and he cuts right. to shots of them at the Budokan to yeah. really show like what's going on in their heads, right? But they're not those people anymore. They're, right. they're four, you know, uh, reluctant businessmen running this empire of a record label and a film company and and dealing with this business enterprise so 
and, and by the way, George leaves. Uh, you're you're you, you guys are locked into each other financially until what? Seventy five was it? Well, not yet. Okay, well, yeah, still, yeah, yeah. it's like you're not going anywhere, pal. Our, right. your, your, everything's all your monies are locked in with each other. So they're trying to become like the pub band again, but they've they're not those people anymore. They can't they can't just show up in a club unannounced and play because it'll be chaos. I mean, you saw what happened when they, you know they, when they played on the roof, and that's the struggle too. Is this thing has now gotten the Beatles has become much bigger. Than just the four of them, and they can't even live up to it. Yeah, you know? yep, mm. that's true. Turning that's down 50, $50 million dollar offers to reunite in the seventies when fifty million dollars was a lot of money, mm-hmm. because they were like, no, because it's it ain't gonna be. Right. They, they would they would rather not do something if it's not gonna if it's not gonna be sensational. They'd rather not do it at all, and that that showing that I think. Huge. Well, they didn't have as much yeah. confidence as I would have thought they would. A lot of times during this, I thought, wow, these guys, a lot of times, uh, you know, uh, they don't have much faith in themselves in a way. They were added a loop. And uh, even Michael Lindsay Hogg, you know, he says, you guys are the Beatles, not four jerks. You know? yeah. And right. stuff like that. And it's like, I, I couldn't believe it sometimes. I felt like, well, you know, George was letting on how he didn't really seem to have confidence when he was talking about Clapton and what he does. And he's... Uh, and the first chapter, I think that was, and I can't really do that, or you know. Uh, that's a good you know, point. You know something else, though. George said something towards the end. Words to the effect of, "No matter what, this is who we are," and everything in the end always works out anyway because we're the Beatles. You know, I mean, Paul. Paul's big gripe towards the end, and he said this several times, is it always comes down to this is the next album. And Paul wanted to do something different. Yeah. He wanted to, to keep things fresh because that's what the Beatles kept doing. Every album was different and it showed mm-hmm. progress and something new. And um, so this whole idea of giving a concert in maybe in some exotic location, maybe that'll spark a lot of creativity in the group or something. You know, um, he was always, you know, the Beatles didn't want to repeat themselves. You know, and Paul especially. And so to Paul, making another album, sure, it's fine. But that's all that we do is make albums. So but but George was saying, but yes, this is who we are. And still, no matter how much you're worrying about it, Paul, (laughs) it always works out in the end. Everything turns out fine. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I don't think George was worried about it. He might have been insecure about himself even though he was writing a lot more by that time. But yeah, the comment about Eric Clapton that he can't improvise like Eric, right. Right. you know, mm-hmm. trying to explain that to, to, to John and Paul, that shows an insecurity there, but he's comfortable yeah. being who he is. And he's comfortable enough saying that. I mean, I was really yeah. happy with him sticking up for himself right. several times in this, yeah. like like listening. Well, if you were going to play this back, you guys would find out that this is shit. You know, just comments yeah, like that. Yeah. You know, speaking up, and, and yeah. speaking up. I mean, because yeah, right. I mean, when you got a Lennon McCartney, you know, you yeah. yeah, that's true. And he was really trying in that in that you know because we got more right. of that exchange you know between Paul and George than we got in Let It Be, and uh, you could see like you know with Paul says let's move on to another song. George is like, no, let's finish. You know, let's finish this one. Let's get this one down. Yeah. Yep. I forget what they would song they would do. Two of us, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And, that's, and that's a hard thing to do. I mean, we talked about this in Beatles 101. We did a whole class on while my guitar gently weeps, and 
we brought Godfrey Townsend in uh, to do the uh, to do the Clapton solo, and we talked about. I we used the phrase power move to describe George just showing up one day with Clapton and say, "Hey guys, he's going to play on this track," and everybody go, "Oh, uh, okay, right," and the the brass ones that it takes to just show up one day and say, yes, yeah, so we're working on my song and uh, the guy from Cream is going to be on it. You know, I'm bringing, I'm bringing someone else into the band, right? That was, that's like a bold move on, on the part of like the junior member who like didn't yeah. even sing when he first joined the band, had solos written out for him by George Martin half the time. And for him to just turn up one day, I, apparently the apparently the solo I see the face you're making, Kenny. Mm. Apparently, apparently the solo to Michelle was like that, was, that, that, that George Martin had actually, you know, right. told him that's what you're gonna do. Okay. You know? uh, so I I think George was now, you know, in a in a situation where he knew his songs were good. He knew he had something unique to offer as a musician. Maybe he couldn't like put his head down and jam endlessly like Clapton can or Peter Green can, but he knew that he had something special to offer. But I don't think he had the emotional equipment to really articulate how he was feeling. Again, the aspiring therapist. I feel like saying, you know, how does that make you feel? So what, so what, what do you really want to say to them, you know? Like, how come you can't just tell Paul how you're really feeling, right? Yeah. So instead, he would do these passive-aggressive, like, I'll be leaving the band now, and just <laughs> disappearing for two days. Yeah. And he, where, well, where is he? He's gone back to Liverpool, which I don't know. Have you, have you guys been to Liverpool yet? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, you got It's Okay, we, we did the train ride between London and Liverpool. So yep. when he said, yep. oh, he's gone back to Liverpool... I immediately know. Oh, that's like he, he's 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 out of town. He's gone, yeah. you know. And he and he won't be back until he won't be back for two days. It's like, oh well, that's it. That's it. We can't. He's you know. He might as well be on Mars, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, just like a huge power move. Like I'm out. <laughs> Go mm. ahead without me, guys. See what happens. You know. Now see what you know. Fuck around and find out. As, as now, the kids right. say these days. Yeah. You know, oh, can, can I swear on this kid? I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, kind of, kind of for well, it's kind of late now, but uh, <laughs> well, as they say, better to ask for forgiveness than yeah. permission. Right, right, exactly. So no, but the, 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 just that dynamic changing is mm -hmm. in it, 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 itself just capturing that moment in the history of the band of where, you, where it's you know, and John, like you say, coming back in, into coming uh, in, in, sort of getting his power back again i think yeah. if nothing if nothing else it shows a moment in their history where they were like maybe they weren't start they weren't breaking up necessarily but there the 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 tension the the, the power structure was kind of shifting in a way mm. that we've with 50 years of history now we know that they really couldn't sustain that in any healthy way i mean there's the secret meeting in september when john suggests like we, you know we get three songs each yeah right, right which right. I, I i'm so glad that they didn't turn into like just a a brand yeah that just periodically gets together and puts out albums that sound like 
them. You know, I'm looking at you, Aerosmith. You know, <laughs> not, to, not to name names, but you think of these bands that just like every once yes. in a while they assemble yeah. and they make a. You know, the Stones have been doing it for hundred years. They just they get everyone does their thing, and it's fine. That's great. But these guys, the again, the reason why they're in a class by themselves is because they never did that. Yeah, they if went out not, on if top. It's, of- if it's not the four of us, like making you know throwing you know fireballs around and making magic if it's not that we're yeah. not going to bother them. and they couldn't sustain that forever that's why i'm always fine with them having broken up but yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah, absolutely absolutely all right but, let's oh sorry yeah because you were talking about the power move there with eric clapton there john it was the same thing with billy preston Yes. Because it was always my understanding that the reason why Billy was brought into the get back sessions is because George wanted him there so the Beatles would be on their best behavior and they could finally, you know, start working seriously towards this project. Yeah. That and was something it, I thought it was a little nebulous. Like, were they actually active? I mean, they were talking about, like, well, we ought to have a guy playing right. keyboard yeah. all the time. Yeah. Were they seeking I, someone out? I mean, George in the anthology says, I put the word out. For Billy to stop by because he'd just seen him at the, okay. the Royal, not the Albert Hall, but somewhere in in London. I think he was there for the TV show because they talk about him being um, rehearsing with, uh, for the Lulu, Lulu Lulu TV special. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but um, yeah, and and get back. All of a sudden, Billy appears, and it, it they make it seem like he just pops in. Right. <laughs> you know, right. like happy coincidence. Yeah. yeah. We we, and, we need someone. <laughs> George yeah. is talking about how, you know, he loves Ray Charles and Billy Preston's playing with Ray Charles, but Billy's even better than Ray yeah. you know, as a right. musician. Right. So all of a sudden later on, here's Billy Preston, you know, in the picture. And, you know, I don't think that was explained well. No, I think that was not explained well. But for people like us who understand that George, I remember George saying some something once about like if you're gonna study something, go to the top guy in that field. So exactly, you're gonna learn, you're gonna yeah. learn sitar. Go to Ravi Shankar. You're gonna you're gonna get into race cars. You hang out with Jackie Stewart. Yep. You're gonna you like it's you're, a you're, business one on one too. I mean, in comedy, a way, you know. Yes. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Comedy fans yeah, this is true. With the guys from Monty Python. Yeah. All right. so, why not? And so it's like, yeah, Billy Preston was like, well, let's just get Billy Preston. Let's just get the guy. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? And I almost started weeping when they sit down to so try this tune out with us. And it, oh, boom, like it. immediately. Yep. It, it was immediately. It, it was which, which song yeah. was it? Don't Let Me Down, I think. Was I think there was one they even did before that, that they worked on. I remember, cause I remember. But yeah, the first full was one that, I think was "Don't Let Me Down." That wonderful clip yeah. that I just first yeah. seen, and I was telling everybody, "You got to see this clip that's out with Billy Preston." Don't, don't let me down. It was before the, the documentary yeah. debuted. Don't let me down, uh, and, yeah. and I've got a feeling too. I've got a right. feeling goes from this like kind of flimsy two chord thing that doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah. All of a sudden, that that keyboard yeah. riff that he does, and I was like, "Oh man!" Like yep. immediately. I was like, that's it. There we go. You He's know. the MVP. And Absolutely. That, that's, yeah. that's, 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 I've had that moment many times with musicians, too. A guy, you don't really know him, and then he sits in from like... <laughs> and, and musicians know. It takes five seconds when you sit in with something and you... 
Ooh, all right. Okay. Yeah, uh -huh. I, I could get used to this four nights a week for two months. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> and John yeah. says you're certainly giving us a lift, Bill. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, we've been doing. You can just tell how happy they are. You know, we've been doing that's this for weeks. So it's the songs they say, you know, whatever yeah. words they use. Absolutely. Well, Ringo has said days, years, maybe that, days. That, mm -hmm. that Billy knows exactly what to play, what's needed. Yep, he sure does. Boy, to yeah. disprove it. Absolutely. Mm, yeah. All right, let's get to that rooftop concert, yeah. which, uh, oh man, I mean, that was that was a credit. Now, as we've pointed out before, yes, we've seen, you know, we've seen footage before, but I don't think ever in this in this clarity, of course, the whole thing. Um, but the question is, um, and uh, we've touched on this a little bit already, but the split screen, mm. um, you know, that's new. Um, yeah. What did we think of that approach? Uh, can I what, can I can I, yeah, can I ahead, say something Joe, about yeah. that? Because I'm going to think mm -hmm. I'm be the only one. You know, I wound up changing my mind on this big time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, the first, I don't know if anybody saw my video I did on this. I wish I could take it back, but I watched it. You know, I watched all these <laughs> six a.m. in the morning. Okay, and part two worked mm -hmm. wonderfully at six a.m. Fine. I watched the rooftop one six a.m. and. Uh, I think I know what Peter Jackson was trying to do. Tell a story. Okay. You know, this is not just let's sit down and watch a concert. We're just going to sit down, get our popcorn or whatever, and just watch a show. This is let's see real time what's going on. And, you know, so, but my mind still was on the old Let It Be movie. And I'm like, I always, I always like seeing the crowd scenes. Some people complain, oh, I don't want to see the crowds. I, I want to see just the Beatles. No, I like the crowds, but I like the way they were kind of like just in shots inserted in now and then during uh, the original. So I was a little taken aback at first, and I was like, I don't think I really dig this. It's kind of chaotic and conf chaotic <laughs> and confusing. And I'm saying, no, I, I don't know about this. And then I saw it later at night with my girlfriend, and it was like, it was incredible. <laughs> I'm watching this. this is perfect and he, he he made the right decision this is just what the doctor ordered for this this is what was i thinking this morning and that shows you a lot of times you know you, you, a couple of times things grow on you or whatever I, I did say in my review though this is only my first time i said it could feel differently another time and boy did i feel better about it but like john pointed out i i noticed that too i said it on the fab gap show that we just did you know little things you're missing although you're gaining some things like that bit with george Going down to the on a, to the knee to play, and then John like turning sideways. You only see John; you don't see the George bit. And there's some other things I thought I was missing. I always like the the shot. I, I call it the coda because I'm not a musician. When and get back when they come back, Ringo's boom, 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 at the end. When he yeah. comes back, you always see a shot of him doing that. And I was looking for it; it wasn't there. I don't think. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> this time, you know, certain that. shots that you're used to. So that's what was getting in my way. It was the the memory of the, the original presentation. You know, so now I accept it the second time around. No complaints. <laughs> so, Ken, how about like you? What? Oh, yeah, how <laughs> um, about you? I'll probably be in a minority here. Um, I, I love what was done with the split screen, but I really, really wanted the concert to be just them. I didn't want people on the street with the comments. We had that on Let It Be, if you want to watch it that way. But I just wanted it to be with so many angles as possible, which Peter Jackson did. I love all the different angles. I like seeing all the people on the sides of the roof. Um, 
you know, above the drum set, looking right at Ringo's drums. I love all that stuff. There's a moment with uh, Dig a Pony where it's split screen. It's three Johns there, different angles. It's so cool to see all this. But I just wanted the music. I didn't want people on the street talking over the music. I didn't want the music lowered in any way. Like when you'd hear atmosphere, what the street sounds like. I didn't want that. I just wanted the music uninterrupted completely. So, you know, if you wanted to to put what Peter Jackson did as a bonus track on the DVD with people on the street, fine. That's okay. But for this purpose, I've been waiting for a long time to, to just see the band on on the rooftop and nobody else except everybody else on the rooftop and i loved seeing you know yoko and maureen you know more of them on on the apple rooftop and the various people lots of kevin harrington i tell you something kevin harrington is throughout this entire thing he said one line in the entire get back documentary, <laughs> and you see more of him and i actually did this is not meant to be a promo here. I did two interviews with him recently. You want to hear what he sounds like talking? <laughs> Go to my YouTube yeah. channel. I was going to ask, uh, do we know where he is? But but you apparently, okay. I yeah. just thought all he ever did, I thought he was a random guy that they just found at the moment just to hold up the lyrics. You know, I didn't realize no. that he was working with them. He time has come. Yeah. He started working with um, with NEMS, with Brian Epstein's company, around 64, 65. Don't he eventually worked with Tony Bramwell for the Savile Theater, doing work with him. And then he became like a roadie working for Mal Evans in particular and came to know Mal very well and Neil very well. But he's a very quiet person. He doesn't mm-hmm. care about being in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. You know, he had a job right. to do. And, you know, that's why you, you barely hear him talk. <laughs> Well, you, yep, that's that's true. Yeah. So, uh, Tom, what did you think of the split screen uh, effect? Uh, you know what? Anytime, you know, to to your earlier points, Ken and, and, and Joe, about the split screens. Uh, you know, when I start to complain, how come they're not using this? How come they're not using that? Any t- any time one of those thoughts comes into my head that interferes with my enjoyment of the thing, I think to myself, this this isn't only being made for me. I've mm-hmm. learned to accept the fact that there are civilians who don't know this stuff. They haven't seen hours and hours of bootlegs and things the way we have. They haven't memorized every different, like we'll get back on the roof and the anthology is different from the Let It Be film and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. That, you know, so I could nitpick about, you know, this or that, but I really like the split screens and I, think that that I don't know if that was an artistic decision or if that was the fact that like there's no other way that we're gonna I I get the sense that I don't know how many minutes a roll of film got you in 1969 or how many times these cameramen using these giant cameras how many times they'd have to change reels when they run out of film and suddenly it's like, I mean, Martin Scorsese talks about that with uh, The Last Waltz, yeah. about running all these cameras and then you're shooting 35 mil and they like run out of film. One of the cameras runs down the film like, ah, like you have to like scramble to load it up. Meanwhile, the song is going by, you know. Um, so my guess is that there were huge gaps 
where there was no picture. And the only way to have a continuous flow of visual information was to cut back and forth. And, you know, I've, I've, I've done this in video editing with where, you know, where you, you I have to put something in there because I have like a, a 10 second gap where there's no picture, right? Either way, I loved the, the way it looked. I, I thought it reminded me of like rock, like the way rock and roll films used to look with multiple screens, especially the, the, the closing credits at, in part three, where they've just got like the, the little frame with them right. playing while the credits are going. Well, we're going to get to that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll, oh, we'll get know? to that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, there was one moment that I really loved was during uh, I've Got a Feeling, the first take, which is the one that wound up on the album. Mm. Okay. And again, burned into my brain for 40 plus years this audio and and it's and it's in the movie we've seen it we've seen the performance right that bridge oh there is yeah the man mm-hmm. right oh, yeah. that being able to sing that has been that's that's been like my like you know vision quest like my my entire career is to be able to sing that i've never done it i've never really done it and caught like the grit that he gets mm. out of that performance. Yeah. And you see him not only, I mean, he, <laughs> he really gives it, gives it the, you know, everything he's got. And he, he finishes the line and you see him go, <laughs> he makes his face like, holy crap. And I was like, wow, glad to know that like, that thing kicked his ass too. After yeah, the 50s, after 50 something years of hearing that and go and like hearing him shred to, to, for him to in that moment to acknowledge like, whoa, and now I got I got oh a three, two, one, I got to keep singing, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, I thought that was a really interesting thing to, to show like his reaction to the thing. Mm. And then they did a second take of it. OK, can we do <laughs> I've got a feeling again, you know, <laughs> no um, problem. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I, I thought I'm not sure I'm gonna see it again. I've seen it twice so far, but I, I, I think second time I was relieved because some of the stuff that you see with the police and all that, I think might have been in this in different takes of songs. I could be wrong. Like you didn't miss really a, a really full song necessarily. Like if they did say I've got a feeling twice or. What else did they do twice? Uh, they do. I've got a feeling. Get back. Uh, they, 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 they did three times. Three times. Yeah. 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 Don't let me down twice. Well, don't, no, Dig Pony was down. once. Don't let me down was twice. Don't let me down was twice. You see, that's what I mean. So, so maybe, maybe I, I got to see it again. I don't know, but I thought maybe. Oh, I was relieved the second time. Well, it's not like you know, you get to see it once, and then the second time is a little bit more other other sights to look at. Hmm. You know, I I didn't lose the performance. I don't know. I just anyway. I, I'm repeating myself. I it clicked for me the second time. Yeah. Tom, what about you? What did you think of the split screen? It was brilliant. Um, I'm, I'm, a, you know, I'm a huge movie buff. I, you know, I love yeah. different takes of, of different, uh, different angles and, and stuff like that. And I think he did mention that Ken, that he was going to utilize different uh, take or angles or shots in this. And I think that was done very well. Um, you know, like you guys, there's a couple bits and pieces that you, you know, you remember fondly of, and then you just get to see a different angle. Like there's the one bit where, and don't let me down where Paul does that little shimmy, a uh, little hip, 
hip dance um but you get to see it from a different angle in this one and i thought that was really cool um you know can you talk about one just wanting the concert and i and i totally understand that and i get that but again like john said this you gotta remember this isn't really just for for us unfortunately but i i think the 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 footage with the fans down below and and maybe the not so much fans down below (laughs) i think that was i think that's important for newcomers to see to 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 see how how important they were um to 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 the people um you know the younger generation and, and then the older generation and this was a couple of guys there was one guy who said that i wouldn't marry mine if you married one of my daughters or something <laughs> yeah. yeah you know well they have money he said right they got money <laughs> that, that, yeah. old, that old you woman know? adds that they woke me up out of bed or something yeah 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 and i don't I like that, was, didn't hear that before. <laughs> you know and, and I, I i think i think that's important and yes and it would have been great if we just got the whole concert and we just saw you know the different angles of just the concert but i i i do think it was important that we got that that we got that stuff as well and you know the in the 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 best shot that i liked the most was is when um i think they're doing i forgot what song they were doing uh the one right after right before the last get back was paul turns around sees the cops he turns around and oh. smiles right. and does smiles. a woo, right. you know and then does a yeah. woo like that yeah when he sees right. the and, and, and it was just you know it was just really exciting moment to, to, <laughs> to see where you know, to, to right. see that but uh, but I, I think it was done well, and you know he's a master uh, filmmaker and storyteller, and you know I think he he, he did an expert job at it. You well, know what I, 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 oh. I don't I don't, <laughs> I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying here because mm. I love the split screen effect. Right. That was done brilliantly, and we could argue the point here. You know, this is almost eight hours long, mm-hmm. and it's covering only three weeks in the lives of the Beatles. I don't know if that's for the casual fan. You know, I know that there'll be a lot of newbies who will watch this and enjoy it. But there are a lot of people who might find this time tedious, you know, and for for the new fans, yeah, people on the street and their comments, that's fine. But I do think that when you're spending, there's a big difference, say, between this and the Beatles anthology. The Beatles anthology covers their entire career up to their breakup this is a very concentrated period of time and really studying um you know the four of them and and their Mm -hmm. relationships with each other in detail and hearing songs many times over i don't know if that's something that would appeal as much to the casual fan yes to us do you yes i agree with the show but i would think that the people who who are the more hardcore fan would want a pure concert and nothing else. Mm. And I don't mind bonus features on DVDs. You put the people on the street, fine. <laughs> you want to watch Let It Be for that particular reason? Go ahead. But I, I don't agree. I, I think it was done brilliantly. Like you said, Tom, I just think that if you're making a, a documentary that's more geared towards people like us, I know several people that were disappointed with all the, the people okay, on the street. Yeah. You know. I, I can understand it. I can see both sides yeah. of it for but sure. But the tedium, yeah. I, I think the tedium uh, for, for people, whether it's the civilians <laughs> or not, <laughs> uh, probably comes more from the fragments and the, you know, the sitting around all the time and goofing off. Uh, even me, you know, hardcore fan, occasionally, as much as I loved it all, I, I'll take more hours if that that uh, right. Peter oh, Jackson so says he has. 
Yeah. But still, at times, even I was like, oh. You know, well, yeah, like, def- I, I questioned it. I questioned it on. I was sitting there a few times. Yeah, I questioned board. it on the our, our two legs reaction. You know, is this for the casual fan? Is this going to bring in new fans? You know, is that is this that kind of documentary? Yeah. Part three. Show, show the part three. Well, yeah. I, I, I thought yeah. about this as well. You know, Andrew Sandoval, mm-hmm. uh, who you may be familiar with, is the yeah. monkeys guy. He wrote a very interesting post on Facebook. Like, this is what the creative process is like, folks. Yep. This is what it is. So those of you complaining it's too long, this is what it takes to be, which that's a, that's an excellent argument. Uh, I wonder, though, beyond that, I mean, again, like you say, Joe, I mean, I, we'll, we'll watch them for, for 15 yeah. hours. We don't care. That's fine. Mm-hmm. We'll just stare at the screen. And it was like it was like an IV drip. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like mainlining the shit. Like, you know, like, yeah, startup to only be down again. Yeah. yeah. But like, do you think, you know, to the point that they make in the film where Michael Lindsay Hogg is like, I have, I don't have a story here. Nothing's, right. yeah, yeah. nothing's happening. Right. Yeah. Which, which again, this, this, it's like, it's like an old time film director chomping on a cigar. No, I don't, we don't have a story. We got to have a, we got some dancing girls or something, you know. Which, by the way, how many of, uh, do we think that Orson Welles is his biological father or not? No, absolutely. There's a lot of speculation. I mean, it's just the resemblance and the cigar, but other than that. And the, and the huge visionary, I don't know, anyway. Um, <laughs> do you think that a coherent narrative could be put together? without it being eight hours long. I was thinking about this today. Is there a way that well, this sure. this story, they start yeah. out thinking they're gonna do a TV special about a concert of new songs, and then the tension, George quits, George comes back, they decide to do the Billy, Pre- you know, the whole, whatever the arc of the narrative is, do you think that there is a way that that could be, that they could take out, like, only show four takes of Don't Let Me Down, mm-hmm. as opposed to oh. 15? Or is there, is there is there a way they could tell that story in three hours? I don't know about three. Well, yeah, but I or four I, hours. I, know, I mean, eight hours. I mean, you know, I look again. We love it, right? But trying to play devil's advocate, it, yeah. it could trim a couple hours off. It could make it six hours instead of eight hours, five hours. I think. I mean, there's enough. To lose some of that. I mean, all the Alan Klein conversations and like well, that's sport. We, yeah. you, know, you know, we we have to we have to pay more attention to George and where is he and what's right. going to happen. But and I think we that. also need to to understand, thanks to the, the to the things we said today interview, is that he is a fan of this period. I mean, right. his what what first bootleg was was the Black Album, right. um, you yeah. know. So he's right. I'm sure he was chomping at the bits to get every single bit that he could in this right. project. Yeah. Look, I can speak for all of us here, and I've done lots of radio production where I've done interviews with people that I've found really fascinating, and I have to put it into a radio show, and I can only use five minutes of it, you know, and yeah. what do you do? Yeah. Think about Peter Jackson here. He had 60 hours of film footage, right? and tough, we're lucky tough. that we got close to eight. Right. If any yeah. of us had to decide what to take out, it'd be, this is impossible. Yeah, well, that, I mean, was, yeah, right. Tedium, but also stuff. like, I mean, some of that tedium is can be insightful. Right. You know, right. like, uh, Len- Lennon's right. late again and Paul just starts noodling on the bass yeah. and you go like, mm. holy shit, he just yeah. it back. Right. 
You know what I mean? Oh, well, that's and then, then you're going, okay, <laughs> maybe you can take take out all of them doing all the old songs, like the Bye Bye Love and then the Shake, Rail and was Roll. Maybe you can take yeah. those bits out and then you <laughs> no. like trim it down to 10 minutes. And like, Bye right, Bye well, Love. Bye, yeah. I, I know you're just giving like, I don't know, names at random. I, yeah, exactly. Like the old yeah. I mean, yeah. I happen to like Bye Bye Love. Though, that right. worked well. Yeah. But there were some right. other ones I can't think of. Uh, a couple of, yeah. a line or two, House of the Rising Sun, well, didn't really right. go anywhere. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I think I I wonder how much the the decision making process, which of those to leave in, if they're showing John and Paul singing Bye Bye Love, I always felt like it's not to have a version of Bye Bye Love. It's to show John and Paul looking each other in the eyes, singing harmony Mm. together and showing the relationship between those two. I felt like most of the the, those cover songs were there. Not because like, oh, it'd be great to have a shot of them singing Blue Suede Shoes. It's like, it's the look on their faces when they just, you know, they, they, yeah. they're, they're trying to manage being the Beatles and George saying, yeah, Mal, bring the shoe salesman in with a selection of size eights, <laughs> like, a, like, a, like a Medici Prince, right? <laughs> but when they're jamming on the old rock and roll stuff, they're like thinking like one brain, right? So the songs are there I felt like to to display to, to to sort of underscore the relationships between them, and right. choosing yeah. which ones of which ones of those are more important uh, must have been a, a, a task for Peter Jackson, who had to sit there. I mean, oh, yeah. the main yeah. Yeah. all the, yeah. all the medleys, sixty and, hours yeah. of digitizing right. all this footage. Right. Yeah, you know. and, and, <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. I mean, I, I think it's it's important to remember and. and you know, as, as far as I go with the split screen, you know, at first I was a bit disappointed that they weren't going to show just the concert. But then the more I thought about it, and and it's kind of what you're saying here about why he chose to include Bye Bye Love, why, you know, maybe not this or that. Yeah, I mean, Peter Jackson is, is telling a story. And uh, and and it and it was very smart the way he used the calendar, the way he, you know, had yeah. had told this linear story, yeah. um, you know that that this is a, a story about you know putting together this album in such a short frame of time, getting ready for this concert, um, and then of course the story of the band themselves and and their relationships and and so. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think that's something he kept in mind in deciding what he was going to include, what he wasn't going to include, not only as a fan, you know, as to, hey, this is a cool part. You know, I love their this version of two of us that they're doing, but it's how is it going to move the story along? You know, and so I think oh, he yeah. had to think about it from those perspectives. Um, and boy, that's tough. <laughs> I yes. mean, I don't well, envy to, him. Well, to that point, Kit, I think that's why the let it be movie that came out in 1970 is so difficult to watch because you can imagine michael lindsey hogg with all that footage going what do i show here because keep in mind they were not ready to tell the story that like we take it for granted knowing that george quit right that there was all the hesitancy about the lot all the all the drama Mm. right behind the scenes we we know about that stuff 50 years later in 1970 they they weren't going to show that and you hear uh lindsey hogg say like i don't have a story here so i can imagine him sifting through 60 hours of footage how do i turn this into a 90 minute which 90 minutes can i use that's going to make any goddamn sense right and 
I was surprised. You know, you ask me like, you know, what was what what, what surprised you? How much they spoke in this thing, like compared okay. to the original Let It Be film, there's hardly oh. any dialogue. Yep. You, you know, you, you, if 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 they're talking, it's like a a boom mic picking them up from a distance or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, there was so much left out of the original film, you know, yep. and a lot of time in the original film taken up with full performances of song. Absolutely. Right. Like at the end when they when they do the two of us and Long and Winding Road in the studio and then and then the rooftop, you know, uh, it must have been a real task in 1970 to put together a coherent narrative because they weren't going to show they couldn't show the thing falling apart when George leaves and all that mm -hmm. stuff. You right. know? So I, I, I think he, you know, Peter Jackson had the advantage of the technology to make the picture and the sound better, but he also had the advantage of 50 years of hindsight and being able to keep show stuff that they weren't going to show. And even then, I mean, how long did, did Apple keep this film out of, keep the original Let It Be film out of, circulation for yeah. yeah there was a reason for that it must have sure. been really hard for them to revisit this period of like we don't know what the hell we're doing you know let alone that it was it set the stage for klein and all the stuff that followed you know of course of course yep and you know oh. Oh, i was going to say something that's really miraculous about get back is that you know i believe that part of the beatles appeal all these many years has been the mystery of the band you know, how they recorded the music that they did. And we've learned so much from Mark Lewison and from the box sets that have come out, but also about their relationships with each other. And I, I had heard or read Peter Jackson saying that he was given carte blanche to do whatever he wanted to do. And a lot of people I know didn't believe him. Well, this is proof. Yep. There's a lot of sensitive stuff in here. Yes. Yes. I mean, I really mm -hmm. can't believe that that conversation between John and Paul was heard. Yeah. You know, the one where they're a in lunch? the lunch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could I could certainly see Paul saying, oh, I don't I don't want that going out. Right. No, right. That's incredible. But it's, yeah. it's really remarkable. Um, you know, it's, it's a historic it's, moment. Yep, it, it is. It really is. Yep. And you sure. know what? There's a there's a great a podcast out of England called Word, uh, the, the Word podcast. I don't know if you guys are familiar. You should oh, check it out. I don't know out. that one. David yeah. Hepworth and Mark Ellen. They're like ve uh, veteran English music journalists. It's now called Word in Your Attic. Since the lockdown, they've been doing uh, Zoom sessions with people. Mm. And mm. Hepworth was talking about how it's a miracle that this much footage of any band in the studio exists yeah right if i mean if 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 there was an announcement that came out we've we've discovered 25 hours of film of steely dan making the asia album like mm. we'd be yeah. oh my god i gotta see that or super we we've got we've got all this footage of super trent making breakfast in america like who wouldn't love to watch all that right much less footage of these guys mm. Making making uh, making some of their most beloved stuff, you know. And there's not a lot of stuff for the Beatles working in the studio, right? Really, no, you know, not not film, a lot no, of like audio. Like, nope. Yeah, yeah no, no, no visuals. Yeah, absolutely. All right, before we get to our 
final big question about where this fits in with the with Beatles history. Um, let's uh, just do uh, one last thing: the closing credits. Now, this is rather controversial with a lot of people. Um, you know, the, the out the, uh, the the recording the final day. Um, what did you think about putting them? Uh, next to the, the you know the rolling credits did you think that was that was okay or would you rather have had the final day be its own you know section and then have something else over the credits what uh, what did you guys think biggest flaw in the movie uh in my opinion um you know like ken ken wanted the the whole concert i and i same here but i i, I think those three songs are worthy enough to show the whole performance. And yes, they were in uh, the, the original film, Let It Be. I get that, you know, but I mean, those are, I mean, two of those songs are were number one songs, you know, let's give them a little bit more, a little bit more respect. I, I respect the fact that they, you get the little snippets of mistakes here and there, you know, and, and, and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, though, like I said, those, three songs deserve to, to be seen all the way through. You can still do the credits if you want to, um, you know, with that. But I think the biggest flaw of the film was not showing uh, those three songs in its entirety. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I would have liked to have seen the three performances, if you call them promo films, whatever you want to call it. the actual three songs, two of us, however they order they want to do it, but maybe let it be last. I don't know. Uh, and then I'm all right with the credits as they are. With the, with the mistakes and errors and flubs and things like that yeah. with the credits. I'm okay with that as the way it is, but I would have liked to have the three songs maybe as uh, the 31st represented, possibly. That's an interesting idea. Ken? I, I guess I agree with you guys on this, but I hadn't really thought about it too much because I had taken in almost eight hours already and I was so satisfied <laughs> with everything that that we've been given i feel so blessed by all this right. that to me it was like you know what am i going to complain about here so um it didn't bother me so much but yeah when you consider the fact that these were the end of those sessions right you know uh I'm i suppose for, they should have yeah yeah i mean i'm glad i'm glad that that's there um mm. Because of the fact that the the, con, the rooftop concert, let's let's admit, let's face it. I mean that this is the focal point of 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 this whole documentary. I I, I think so. To have that little extra uh, after that concert w w was great, um, you know. But you know, let's let's show the whole let's show the whole songs. Well, you know, to me, the rooftop concert is not the focal point. It's more uh, the relationship with the four of them and how they were getting along and how they were able to you know, change their attitude and mood from Twickenham to Apple. And, uh, you know, it's a real character study of the four Beatles. Yeah, I, I get that, too. But again, to I, I, I think to the, you know, to the civilians, if you will, this is going to be <laughs> their moment. You know, this is well, what the payoff, you know, you know the, this, is, this is the payoff for them, you know. You know, for, for them, all of that bit that we like is is boring. You know, to them, I've seen a lot of boring comments in fa on Facebook pages. You know, so but wow. I, I get you, Ken. I absolutely get you, Ken. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I John, agree, I, I kind of agree with Ken. It's I, I, I by the time you know they they started showing the footage and then when like every take kept breaking down, I was like, 
oh, I see, they're not going to show a full performance, are they? Mm. And then I thought, all right, you know what? There's those performances are available elsewhere, if I'm not mistaken. Is, is does the one DVD have at least Long and Winding one Road is, on it? They have Let It Be and uh, Long and Winding Road on okay. Long and Winding Road. They do, and, yeah. 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 So, you know, I, I again, I don't get too bothered by this stuff, uh, you know, as as much anymore. Um, I thought it was really interesting to show anything after the rooftop concert because mm-hmm. they talk about the roof about the show being the big payoff of the thing mm. and then and and the the original movie ends with the rooftop concert for the, so for them to do the rooftop and then show them walking down the stairs afterward and that in the was control cool. room listening to the playback that was yeah, great. I loved that. it's a highlight i thought highlight. that was an interest it was yeah. really cool to show the aftermath of like all right we've done it and now they're listening they're they're grooving to the in the control room um it didn't bother me as much i believe if i'm not mistaken when they do the home video release isn't they aren't they going to include the original movie as well uh, separately is from for our understanding okay yeah that's, that's the what we've heard yeah. Okay, so th- so those performances will be available. I I felt like he was constantly Peter Jackson was constantly walking the line between what can I use that hasn't been seen mm-hmm. already. Yeah, he he didn't um, want to repeat repeat yeah. a lot of stuff. But also sort of like, I mean, to the point about having the people on the street talking. I mean, that's sort of like an homage to the original film. Right. You know. There's so many moments from the original film, you know, I'll play whatever you want me to play, like stuff like that, that mm. we all know from the original film that kind of have to be in there. You yeah, know? yeah. He can't gloss yeah. over that. So I think the, no. the, the, the people on the street interview uh, not only is sort of like the touchstone to the original movie, it's also a great way of showing like the world that they lived in. You know, uh, David Hepworth was talking about this, how if you look at the Beatles, it, everyone else in this movie, apart from the Beatles, looks they, they look like it's 1969. Those people look like they live in the year 1969. The oh. Beatles look like they, the four look like they live in the present day. Like they have not aged, right? Yeah. Somehow they look like yeah. visitors from the future or something like that. The way they dress, the way they the, their faces, everyone else in that movie, it, it looks like newsreel footage from 1969. And I thought it was really great to show the world that they lived in, you know, and those English accents that don't exist anymore, like those really plummy, you know, upper crust accents and those sort of like, oh, they're lovely, like those sort of like real old, you know, middle-class Cockney accents, Yeah, you know. Uh, so I didn't I didn't mind the closing credits situation, and I I have a feeling those you're going to be able to see those performances elsewhere. And I think he was trying not to recycle stuff that's right. that's somewhere else. Yeah, oh, mm-hmm. fair enough. Right. Yeah, yeah. I get that. I get that too. Yeah. I get, um, yeah. But then I think you know at the same thing he's, he's spending the whole time going through every day on the calendar. I guess mm-hmm. you could argue and say he could say well, the thirty first is represented technically by the outtakes. Mm-hmm. And it told the story like so that session, like after all that getting up on the roof, they go down there for one more day. And it I think all those outtakes kind of gave this feeling of like, you know, the the tedium of a TV session of like, we're just going to go to the studio and play the songs right to the camera. 
I just assumed that all these years that they just blew through and one or two takes done. I didn't realize it was like countless. Uh, all right, start again. Oh, okay, start again. And, the, and yeah. the, you know, all the, like especially like Let It Be, where he's like so serious the whole time. You don't realize hmm. that like in between takes, yeah, you like, can barely keep a straight face. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Long and Winding Road, also. That's yeah, exactly. amazing. Yeah. 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 Well, J yeah. John, John making fun of Paul singing. Oh, that was that was really funny. <laughs> right. That was you know, that was great. This is a little a little late. We didn't we didn't talk much about the extra police footage in here, which I think is is really oh, great too. Oh, that was fabulous. Yeah, that, I mean that, that was... stuff that they captured is really fun, funny, and trying to stall Mal, trying to stall the receptionist, trying the to stall the cops. Just wonderful. That's that's a new kind of thing. Wonderful mm. stuff. Yeah. How I about mean... like how about seeing the reception area in yeah. Apple for the first time? That this, was this building that we've all read about, Three Savile Row. We've been reading these legendary stories about Three Savile Row to see the inside of that building. Yep. The tiny little vestibule that like everybody had to walk through. Yeah, much mm -hmm. smaller than I expected. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it, definitely. So. Uh, what about your kit? What were your thoughts about the credits? Yeah, I I'm kind of with you, Tom. I and and Joe. I I was a bit disappointed. I I thought uh, it was you know those are such important songs and and I was expecting it to be like okay last day it's going to be its own section and then you know I and I would have been fine with bloopers, you know and you know ending with the credits rolling over them and that would have been fine. Um, but uh, mm. and we were talking a bit on Fab Gab about this earlier today. You know, would have been interesting if they had had they could have done instead kind of like they did at the very beginning of the series, some kind of timeline about, you know, what happened right. after um, this came out, you know, well, something along Glenn those John, Glenn lines. Johns wound up not, not, they didn't use Glenn Johns. They wound up, it was shelved probably after all this, it was shelved. Yeah. And then it wound up, Phil Spector came in. You know, like, that's interesting history. For the civilians. I've already, <laughs> had, to explain, I've already had to explain that once. Mm. Yeah, uh, like today, me too. A me too. Of mine says, so I'm, I'm confused. So wait, is the last album? I thought Abbey Road was the last. <laughs> see album. that? See that would have been, then, you know, that could have been. Important. Yeah, you know, so no, something. Like, no, the album sat on a shelf for a year. Sorry. Yep. Yeah. So that, you know, that <laughs> would have been, this. you know, I think that would have been, a, you know, maybe a better way to end it. But small quibble, small quibble for yeah. otherwise, uh, you know. Well, I always thought from going into this, I thought, boy, you know, the original again, the original let it be the. You know, uh, hope we pass the audition. Boom, man, done. That is like the best ending it could possibly. Exactly. Have. I'm thinking, mm. how are they going to top that? You know, what are they going to do now with it? But what, I what's Peter love, Jackson going to do? I love them going down to the control room, and I thought oh, it was that very, was terrific. It was uh, terrific. I, I thought it was very telling, though, when you know they're triumphant, they come down, they're like it went really well, and then George Martin said, "Wow, that would be a great. That's a great trial run for something else." And there's a silence. <laughs> <laughs> you notice that? You the know, good ending would have Mike, Michael Lindsay Hogg should have said that, and then some, some you know, Lennon or McCarthy. Boom! That's it. With that. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right. But to see them all really happy. Yeah. Yeah. Downstairs, yeah. yeah. Right, you know, and um, with all their women, the women too. Yeah, all, was yeah. was it happier or, or a sigh of relief that it was over with? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I think it did it. He pulled yeah. it off. Well, I after love the, the emotional after the emotional yeah. journey yeah. that you've been yeah. on with, you know, with Twickenham and all that, for it to, and, and then even after in Savile Row, just the the tension of like, what's going to happen? Is this going to work? What can we do? And 
and it's like, ah, okay, we did the thing, you know. Right. We still I got it. Was, you know, and and, yeah. and again, we, we I still think got there, it. And I think there was so much about this film that I think he was really keeping the uh, the civilians in in mind. I mean, from the way it's from. I mean, all the promos. I don't know about you all, but on I, don't I know. keep seeing <laughs> on trailers? Instagram. They're yeah. running. They've got 14 days. Right. To record. <laughs> oh, that part. They've, they've yeah, got yeah. to play a show in two weeks. You know, but it's film, really like every you know, you know, all this. Good, the best bit is us together. You know, one. Yeah, that, you know, all that kind of stuff that they do to promote it is like not for us. Yeah, but it's fine. You know. Well, the finished oh, yeah. product, I think, was more for us. Uh, yeah. I think because it's definitely you got to be to really get a lot out of it. You got to be a real hardcore fan i think yeah. i think that's just my opinion but but I it is like a, no go ahead Kate. oh no i was just gonna say but it is amazing you do have more appreciation when the rooftop concert happens that you know it was really chaotic and and you know the fact that the day before we're like you know we don't know what we're gonna play how many songs do we actually have finished and, blah, blah, blah. and then the next day they get up there and they kill it I mean, you know, they, mm. they just sounded yeah. incredible. It's astounding they were able to pull it together like that. And yeah. and is, it just showed, there, you know, they still had it. Is there There's no so footage many... of the part when John says, you know, bleep it, let's go? Is there, yeah. like, no footage of that? Do you know? I forget if Peter Jackson addressed yeah. that or not. Because that, I was I was hoping that was going to be in as well. They have a shot of the exterior of the building while they're setting up the gear on the roof and it's a subject the yeah. Beatles are in a room on the second floor deciding right, whether yeah. they want to like, do this oh i wanted to see that oh yeah that that's what i'm saying and then at the yeah. very and they're still not sure even though they're setting up and i thought john supposedly says uh, all right you know boom effort let's go and i don't know if you guys mm. notice like when when Beatles finally start walking up on the roof and paul's up there first there's a look on his face you know as he looks around kind of like <laughs> what have oh, we yeah. done <laughs> what have we done? Yeah. I, I have mean, discussed it's... that in my base workshop mm-hmm. about Paul's biological need to play live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. When he walks through that door, he he you see kind of like he gets this look like, oh yeah, let's do this. Let's <laughs> do this. Yeah. Then he sees he sees the gear and the the roof and the hole and the lights. He's like, oh. <laughs> here we go and then Ringo this is in the original you don't see it as much in this but you see it in the original film Ringo follows him and Ringo has this look like who's <laughs> yeah I think I remember that look this? <laughs> it's gray and I mean you I don't know when you guys went to England but I've I've been in England in the winter time and it's yeah. miserable I was there in mm. July and it was miserable. <laughs> the weather-wise, weather-wise, I love it otherwise. There you go. Yeah, and uh, Ringo just has this look of like, what the, you yeah. know? Yeah, I know so, that. <laughs> I know what you mean. You know, but uh, where's the best I, way out of the way? <laughs> right, right. Let's yeah. So I yeah yeah. Absolutely. And I, oh. and I like you can hear John talk about how cold his his hands are. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, we, now we get to the big question. And, and ladies and gentlemen who are watching out there, uh, if you want to leave your thoughts in the comments, and, and I've been seeing you've left a lot of great comments, and thank you so yeah. much for participating in this. And we will read all your comments uh, when the show is over. Don't worry. Um, so we now finally have this after such a long wait. 
we now have you know this this fuller picture of what happened uh, in these sessions. How do you think this changes or maybe doesn't change the history of the Beatles? The you know the 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 story of the Beatles, what we already knew. How do you think this this changes things? I know that's a big question, but uh, you know how do you how do you you know how have things changed or not? I think a lot depends upon how many people actually get to watch the whole thing. Mm. Um, you know, there are certain people that you can't change their opinion, no matter how hard you try. And when you've been fed a certain narrative for 50 plus years, it's hard to get them to change the way they view everything. And, and they could also say, but you know what? They still broke up anyway. <laughs> you no, know, but, but, yeah. That's right. These these were the seeds showing here of some of the problems yeah. that they had, and um, it's it's the truth. And it's uh, my biggest fear, and a lot of people were saying this before before uh, they got to see this film was that this would be a whitewash, and this is anything but a whitewash uh, because I didn't get that all, feeling at all. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, people were thinking that yep. before they got I to was see this. It. I was it's only going to show the happy side and how much they loved each other. And That's what they said they, it was. And they did show a lot of that, especially, you know, at Apple. I mean, they're really yeah. having fun in the studio and enjoying each other's company and smiling and dancing to their songs. And, you know, it's fun to see Paul drum, you know, for George's old brown shoe, John drumming, yeah. you know, uh, you know, all this stuff. Uh, but it's going to be hard to convince some people who have heard the story a certain way and think it doesn't change history um, because a year later, publicly, they had broken up anyway. But if you do watch this, you're going to realize, and I hope you realize, apart from the hardcore fans who study everything that they've done, that they were incredibly creative in this month between coming up with the new songs for the new album, songs that eventually appeared on Abbey Road, songs that appeared on their solo albums, covering 50s rock and roll, going back to their early Lennon-McCartney songs, you know, songs that were brand new that they never finished, song fragments. I mean, McCartney, I can't believe how much stuff he was writing at this time. It, it, he was on fire. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it was a creative time. It, during that whole month and yet with some people all they're going to see is they eventually broke up well no yeah. i want to step in because i'm sorry it, it, as much no, as no, i no, like no, them, no. I'm, I'm just talking about the people that don't oh. really care about seeing this film if you watch this film you'll oh, learn oh, oh, something. i see i see yeah. yeah i see what you're saying the people that don't want to bother just hold on to it yeah. but what i'm saying is that after seeing it i mean my big i was one of the ones that said they're going to do a whitewash uh -huh. I was afraid of that. You know, they're going to just make it all look happy all the time. They're not going to show you any misery. And of course, we got more miserable parts in here. Uh, the first episode that we thought we'd get with Paul's face saying, then there were two and yeah. that that tears in his eyes and a long lingering shot of him and Ringo look, you know, trying to contain himself too. They knew, and you know, at that moment, it's going to end. It's all, it's, it's coming close to over. They mentioned a few times during there. Yeah, let's get divorced. Uh, get a divorce. Yeah, who get the kids? It's something joking, right. you know, joking around. Yeah. But the thing is, they said it a few times. It, it was gonna. It was inevitable at some point. I think 
So I don't think anything changes in that regard. I'm, I'm relieved to say that, you know, I don't mean that, you know, I don't, I don't want bad things. I'm just saying the story was that they were going to break up and it hasn't changed. But you, you get to see them, though. They still love each other. You see with the hug, that group hug. Mm-hmm. Uh, isn't it a pity and all that at the at, at the end of, of, I think, part one? Isn't that, like, amazing to show you they still love each other? They still laugh together. They still can get along. That hasn't gone. But ultimately, I think you can see that the, the seeds, like you said, the seeds are already in there. And it's only a matter of time. So, yeah, it's 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 a it's a mix. They rally together. They, when when the chips were down, they, they when the chips are down, I'm ready, as uh, Cramden might say. <laughs> and the, they, anyway, oh, sorry. They, they did it. They did it, and they they can work together and make it work and have you know when they get out of the music, the music was always what it was about. It wasn't the personal things, the business and stuff that got in the way. And we see that too with the Klein moments mm. referring to Klein. So that's what Absolutely. I think. John, how about you? What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I'm of? really glad that you brought, I'm turning up a little because I'm, my, my wife is watching su- Succession <laughs> on her laptop just over there. So I don't want to, <clears throat> I don't want to disturb her if she got headphones no, on, but in any no case. No worries. Um, I'm glad you, you brought all that up, Joe. I think, you know, there's um, d- definitely not a whitewash. I think this is a teachable moment for everybody, uh, especially you know, not just people like us, but you know, just in in general, the 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 narrative that you have been taught all these years, like uh, and the reality of things is much more nuanced. So it's not so easy to say, uh, you know, Yoko broke them up, or Paul was the motivator and John was this. It's that the reality is much more complicated than that. Um, in terms of how it will affect their history, I mean, when did the anthology come out? 1996, have civilians that ask me, so wait, which Beatles album was Live and Let Die on? Oh, right? Dear. So oh, dear. I, I, do you deal with these people? I All the time, yes. people are like, so sure. wait, so did Sgt. Pepper, wait a minute, so when was, you know, so I, I, I don't know that like, in terms of people's understanding of the history, that's, to, you know, that remains to be seen, you know, when it, you know, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, when this, when this picture has been out, that long um but i think you know i heard a quote a long time ago about education and about learning and that there's two ways to learn you can either keep putting new information into your head or you can take the information that's already there and heat it up so it expands right and i think there are a lot of things that we already know about this story that this that that this film confirms for us that you know uh it was like you say joe inevitable that they were going to split just because of this mission statement that they had that it's the four of us creating magic or nothing and that was it was the machine was just becoming too complicated for them to keep running as it was you know and and these breaking points happen 
not just in bands, in businesses, in relationships. We either have to completely redefine what we are or we have to stop. I think the kids are all right. The Who documentary, they talk about that. You know, we can't go on like smashing our guitars and all that. We have to, you know, we have to come up with something. So I think uh, capturing that moment where you're actually watching that happen in real time uh, is really, really fascinating. Um, and I think giving people the chance to understand, I mean, again, up until a week ago before this movie came out, there were people that still think, well, Yoko's the Yoko was the problem, right? And they always will because they want to believe that. Right. Yeah. We, all, yeah. we all know that it was much more complicated than right. that. But there are people, you know, and, and as the average age of the average music writer for whatever website gets younger and younger and younger. I mean, I saw an article recently that was like, and then Billy Preston dropped by the sessions at Twickenham Recording Studios. And I, and I, I, want, I wanted to smash my computer with my shoe when I saw that. Like, how do you, you know, anyway. Um, I, think it's, I, I think it's a really teachable moment for everyone to understand how the arts work, how bands work how the music business works. I mean, I don't know if you remember the in the George Martin, was it the George Martin documentary? What's the one? I think there's a George Martin documentary. Yeah, yes, there is. Yes, yeah, 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 the George is. Martin documentary. He and Ringo are listening to some tracks from Abbey Road and, uh, and George Martin says like, can you believe the amount of stuff that you guys accomplished in eight years? And Ringo says, yeah, eight years, that's it for any band, right? <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, like there's wow. a there's a natural arc uh, to to a band where they 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 are kicking ass and then they change and then they change and then and then at some point it's like, you know, we're gonna either keep, gonna keep going in circles the rest of our lives or just quietly bow out. The police knew when to stop, you know. Joe, you mentioned the honeymooners. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think Gle Gleason after one season was like. No that's more. True. Seinfeld, he's that, like that is true. You know, Jerry Seinfeld. Although, said although, like, although they did go back and make more loss, that so-called. Right, that's true. Episode. That yeah, that is true. That is true. <laughs> but I mean, you know, Jerry Seinfeld talked about like if I didn't kill my show, my show was going to kill me. I had to walk mm. away while we were still white hot before we, it became a parody of itself, right? And knowing when to do that, you know. Now, unfor I I feel like Klein might have hastened the split and created the business troubles that made it that made the breakup more painful but i think left to their own devices they would have naturally just you know would so. have just ended so i think it's a very fascinating document of that time and how it changes people's perception of them i think remains to be seen because again and we've had the anthology for almost 30 years in this people that still don't know like the basic chronology of the story. Yeah, you know? true. So who That's knows? True. Yep. Tom? Well, I mean, having known you're going to ask this question, it's <laughs> just like, you know, and you think about, you know, the complications. I mean, I mean, because it was, isn't complicated, but then we'll complicate it when it where it needs complications, as as Paul, you know, said <laughs> the thing because it, you know it it does it just keeps being complicated and more complicated. But 
watching this, and I, I mean, to me, this the most important part of this was really the visuals, and and so you could see what was going on finally after only hearing, you know, most of it uh, all these years, and then only getting to see bits and pieces here and there, like an anthology and and, and the film, uh, obviously, but uh, you know. And, and, and I think maybe this kind of uncomplicates this month, maybe just a little bit when you see it, because, again, you know, we've been trained to, to believe that it was so miserable in the winter of our discontent. And it wasn't really all of that. I mean, was it? I mean, yes, there was some miserable times, but I mean, you know, I mean, Lewis and Lewis. Yeah, yeah I mean. I mean, but yeah, but there was some still some joking around and 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 playing around at, at Twickenham as well. I mean, you know, Lewison. I mean, <laughs> Lewison a couple years ago was said we got it all wrong. You know, he yep. obviously got to see some 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 stuff, and I <sighs> still go back to that because you know he you know said that, and then Ringo says you know oh we were you know having a great time. Well, obviously no, you're still <laughs> not having a great time. You know. Um, right. the, the month is still so complicated, but it, it, again, it's the great thing about it is I think like John said, it's, it's, it's the showcasing, you know, the band through the good times and the bad times. And, and I think that what Peter Jackson had done here is did that brilliantly. Yep. But we always well, you know, say, you know, the thing, the thing about the history of the Beatles, you know, we used to we say, we talk about this all the time. The Beatles are not always the best um have best memories for their history oh no right well i mean i'm talking about like you know dates maybe or locations or things but they're the only ones who know how they felt or feel you know so even though it looks to say well look at all that fun that you know I, and they were having fun uh, they were uh, an apple being in their element right but still that must have been pretty strong that uh twicking them the you know the bruises on that because that's why I think they're looking back on it. They remember that they remember the glasses half empty, I guess, or at least John did up until we lost him and George. Perhaps, you know, we don't know what they would have thought today. Um, but oh, yeah, and, and that's and a lot of yeah. a lot of the reason why people feel the way they do is because of what the Beatles have said about that time. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah, I think and, they've taken what the Beatles have said about it. Yeah, uh, and had this grainy poorly edited uh let it be film hey don't look make at. fun of my grain i love my grain i've also been in enough bands to know that within one day you can have you know great times and laughing and jamming and playing a show and then like you know Later on, you know, the, the, the next day, you all hate each other and can't stand the side of each other, you know. But but then you go back to, you know, the, the, those love-hate kind of things, it, you know, they happen in any band. It's much more, you know, real life is much more complicated. I think a lot of the books that have been written to this point were generally maybe that were had uh, interviews with people who had an axe to grind. Right. Or their yeah, own sent, memories uh, of the book time. With the Get Back Disaster book, what was um, um, um you know what that. I'm talking about? Yeah, was it? Um, you know it used to be called about? like drug di drugs, divorce, and a slipping image. Was that? It um, was, there was one that was called that, and then it was retitled. Oh, well, maybe okay. it was the Get Back Sessions. Maybe it was uh, just called okay. that. I forget. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I I think there's a lot. Of, you know, you listen to you know, hours and hours and hours of bootlegs of them sounding kind of ragged mm -hmm. and not tight. Yeah. Uh, and then you put that together with like all the 
stress of trying to get this project, you know, tidied up into some kind of a cohesive thing and people's memories over time get get colored by that. Uh, but I think a lot of the stuff that's been written about them in general, much less that period, is very reductive and very like, and then Yoko appeared and suddenly it was all, or whatever, you know, and yeah. we realize that life, real life is much more complicated than that. There's so much inaccuracies that are out there about the Beatles and their history. Yes. And we're still learning something new all the time. But you know something? When I, when I watched the end of part three, the first thought that entered my brain was, gee, I wish John and George were here to watch this. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And they would have a very different perception, I think, of that time. Sure. Oh, I'm sure. And, and John, what you were saying perfectly fits in with, with what I was uh, going to say, my observations, that absolutely, I think this is a multidimensional portrait of, of what happened and really demonstrates, you know, how complicated it was and that we were really just getting one-dimensional portraits up until now of, of what happened. Um, that uh, that up until now, yeah, it was all, oh, we, it was horrible, you know, winter of our discontent, as, as, as uh, uh, you said, Tom, and, and it, well, it wasn't that simple. But yes, real life isn't that simple, <laughs> and uh, yeah. and we and we saw that. And I also think I'm I'm going to be listening from now on to let it be very differently because uh, not only because of now we know more of of what happened in terms of background, but just learning about I mean musicians. And I'm, and I'm sure you know you you agreed, uh, John, that musicians should watch this because you really learn about what it takes. To, to make a record i mean i it's just you know some people may say oh it's boring and well that's that's what it that's yes. the work yes you it, know? Is. It, it is it is it, exactly that's the difference between a professional musician and guys who kind of do it for fun on the weekends i mean right. that's what it's like and i can tell you that again we talk about people like us versus civilians right <laughs> i know lots of people in the middle right people who you know, love the music, love the songs, know the songs, but they check with me. Hey, John, what year was this done? Or which guitar did he use on that? Right. I'm watching my musician friends on Facebook. Absolutely. Just losing it over this film. I'm sure. watching these Facebook, you know, sitting here, you know, with tears in my eyes, can't believe what I'm seeing, you know, um, one guy said, like, watching part two, am I in a fever dream? You know, <laughs> I had a, a, another bu buddy of mine, uh, uh, Tobias Ralph, who's uh, probably one of the finest drummers on the planet. Uh, he and I went to high school together. I've been playing with that guy since I was 15. And he called me on Friday morning, like, dude, so I watched this thing. I had to get your take on it. Like, wh what's, what do you think of it? I'm like, well, let me, what do you think of it? And he says, well, I can't believe what a rock Ringo is. Yeah. Like, like I knew he was good, but like, man, he's just right there. And he's, and he's so, but he's so supportive of everybody. Everyone like, everyone likes him. Everyone gets along with it. I'm like, dude, you've nailed it. You absolutely nailed it. So I'm watching the casual fans gaining a deeper understanding. Like I never realized that like, you know, that, it's like it, it kind of humanizes them 
we've we hold them up as like these demigods when really it's like four guys in a room trying to get something happening so i i think hopefully it'll it'll shine a light on that process for some people as well and they have their trepidations and doubts and at times you know so what humans do they're having some troubles they're not sure he's paul's a little scared you know yeah absolutely well i think this just you know maybe it's not going it doesn't you know drastically alter his beatles history but it definitely you know it it gives us a deeper understanding uh for sure of this period of time oh yeah i mean no question about it and so well this has been quite an adventure this weekend uh and uh i I, i'm so sorry that it's over it feels like uh, people have been saying it's like after christmas you know (laughs) but uh, but of course we can keep watching it on disney plus uh for for some time to come um want to thank uh john uh, montagna thank you so much for joining us and uh, and we hope you'll come back we'd love to have you back on the show um in fact we've had a couple of people in the comments say you should have your own podcast so you know maybe you ought to think i did i used to um and then it just got to be too much work yeah it's it's it's, yeah yeah it's all work (laughs) that's why we have kit here to do all the work (laughs) it's so much more fun to just paratroop into other people's shows yeah Yeah. well you can leave Well, you can paratroop into ours anytime. We have mm-hmm. such a great time. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, and thank stay you. just a minute when we, when we go off. But uh, thank you all for joining us. And I'm happy to say, by the way, uh, we are now going to be broadcasting live on YouTube. We finally got our technical problems straightened out. So we will be here every other Monday, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. We'll be broadcasting live right here so uh, so we're so excited to be able to do that at last so we will see you here on i believe it's december 7th is our next uh oh six thank you december 6th yes forget what i said before december 6th (laughs) at 9 p.m eastern where we are going to uh talk uh, it will be a salute to george harrison uh because unfortunately you know it's 20 years uh since he's passed so but we are going to talk about his legacy his uh and his lasting influence on uh today's uh, music and uh just culture in in general so we're really you know, looking forward to that. Hope you'll join us then. So for John Montaigne, Tom Hanyadi, Joe Mayo, Ken Michaels, this is Kid O'Toole, and thank you for joining us on this long and winding road. See you next time. Get back, everyone. Get back. You want to get back? You want? <laughs> I want to get back. Want to get back? <laughs> get back. <laughs>